Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Kate Marshall took seven weeks leave from her job as a kindergarten teacher to homeschool her three children during the first lockdown. What she didn't expect was to rediscover her love of painting and successfully launch her business from the paint shed. Leading up to this point, Kate was experiencing a stressful time at work, feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and undervalued. The short hiatus gave her that much needed time to pause and reflect and dive into painting. Kate has been so successful in selling her artwork, she now works three days in the classroom and two days in her business. Kate shares with us her business journey, the importance of showing up authentically on social media, the success in sticking to a content plan and setting goals, the positive impact her creative passion is having on herself and her family, and so much more. Meet my friend Kate from The Paint Shed. Welcome, Kate, and thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel so privileged to be a part of um, such an amazing podcast program with so many amazing entrepreneurs. Um, I've been listening madly lately, um, again, just refreshing again, all those beautiful stories in all your podcasts so far. You can just listen to them over and over and it's so inspiring. I'm so pleased that um, yeah, that can be me too. That is so kind of you to say. I just... I'm so lucky, I think, through Oak to be surrounded by so many amazing women and them being so kind to share it as well because I know a podcast can be slightly nerve-wracking. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, through Oak, I've just met so many new friends from Wagga Wagga, which is your hometown. Yes. So tell me what's so special about Wagga and Give me three places I need to visit next time awesome. I come up. Okay. So I grew up in Wagga. I was really lucky to grow up in Wagga. And I suppose as a child, didn't really know any different really. You know, you live in your little bubble as a child. But, and then I moved away when I went to um, university. I was then desperate to get out of Wagga when I was um, 18. And then um, finished uni. So I'm a, a, a teacher. I'm teaching kindergarten at the moment and I was very fortunate to get a job in Sydney, um, in a beautiful school in Sydney, met my husband, got married, did all of those things and then um, had two children and went, hey, okay, we need to focus on where we want to go in life and what we want our life with our children to look like. And so my husband started looking for a business to buy and we were lucky to buy a business back here in Wagga and we came back and settled in and we haven't looked back. Um, we've been back here now for nine years and we just love it. So one of the main reasons why we moved back was just for family reasons, um, bringing children up in the country. I loved growing up in the country. I love the opportunity that the country brings, that slower paced lifestyle, the people, um, all the sporting opportunities. Well, I've got three children and all of them are crazy invested in sport, which sometimes drives me mental, but also I get so much joy out of seeing um, the joy that they get from the sport. And living in Sydney, we just wouldn't have been able to provide them with that same opportunity. So Wagga it is. 
um, I settled into a, my teaching career here in Wagga and just got on the daily grind of doing what you do. And now I find myself in a place where I'm ready to start moving away from teaching and I've re-found my love of painting and I couldn't think of a better place to establish um, a little base in Wagga being an artist. Um, I just love it. I just love it. So Wagga is such a beautiful place because it's big enough that there's so much opportunity to do things but it's um, and that you don't know everybody, but it's small enough that it's still got that country town vibe. Um, it's perfectly located halfway between Sydney and Melbourne, kind of five hours either way, two and a half hours from Canberra. And it you kind of can drive half an hour in any direction and find yourself in any gorgeous little town. And there's just there's so many lovely places to visit around here. So, yeah, three... Um, Three places that if you were to come to Wagga, you probably want to sink your teeth into and go and visit. There's a gorgeous little um, coffee shop and restaurant in town um, that's part of a little network of shops at Cadell Place in Wagga and it's um, Mechanico Coffee Shop. Um, I went there just recently with some friends from Sydney and they just fell in love so so quickly. They just loved it. So um, Mechanico is definitely a place if you want to go for beautiful coffee. Um, and then I'm going to send you just outside of town a little bit. There's some, some beautiful little stores. If you head to Holbrook, there's some beautiful galleries and homeware stores. If you head to Gan Main, there's the beautiful Fisher and Farmer. Lots of Luff's lovely little knick-knacky shops that you can kind of find yourself, go and get a nice coffee and find yourself strolling and just have a nice little day out. Um, and then another place you want to go is the iconic probably Murray, down to the Murrumbidgee River to our Wagga Beach. So Wagga's famous for their beach. We don't actually have a beach. We have a river, but it's a beautiful spot. It's a beautiful, We have sand, the sand by the river, but it's just a beautiful spot to go and hang out, I suppose, as you would at the beach um, if you were on the coast. But it's just a little bit more slower paced and there's, there's grass and a river and barbecues and parks and it's a beautiful place to go for a walk or just to hang out with the family. It's, yeah, it's just lovely. See, I am no good at geography, so I would have just assumed that you literally mean a beach with the ocean right at your door. Oh, look, we, I'm look, just, can we have the oh, five o'clock wave? It's a famous five o'clock wave. You go down to the beach at five o'clock and the wave comes down the river. No, I'm just oh joking. Gosh. It's called oh. the five o'clock wave, but it's not <laughs> actually a wave. <laughs> yes, terrible a, at geography and story. very gullible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, look, I'll add them all to my list because uh, until then I just have to sit at home and wait for the borders to open oh, uh, and for you all to welcome us Victorians back uh, with Absolutely. open arms. But um, I think that might be, yeah, it might be a little way away. Yeah, um, until then I will just live through you all through Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and um, I suppose that's a thing. 2020 has just been oh, so life-changing for so Hasn't many it? of us. Uh, it? You know, and including yourself, as you said, you have three children, all whom would have needed homeschooling in that that first lockdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the fact that you're a kinder teacher as well, did you stay home with them? And then how that led to you launching your business from the paint shed? Well, um, here in Wagga, um, we were a little bit distanced from the whole start 
of COVID with Metropolitan, but we knew that there was a real impact coming. And I guess we certainly got to experience that fear factor that came with the unknown of what what this is all going to look like. Um, So we were nearing the end of term one, it would have been, um, when all of the measures of lockdown and homeschooling sort of started taking place. And I was fortunate to be in a position where I could take leave. So I took leave from school for the last couple of weeks of term one um, for a couple of reasons, Um, to be able to support my children um, with their homeschooling. I didn't want my children going back and forth and back and forth um, to school. I wanted them to just have a a sense of normal, not that homeschooling is normal, but I didn't want them chopping and changing all the time. And then on top of that, um, I have a business with my husband and he's incredibly busy and that um, started getting quite stressful for us, that unknown and that uncertainty. So I wanted to be in a place where I could be at home that one, I could support my children and support my husband without um, the added stress of being at school and doing the homeschooling from a teacher's perspective from school. So I took leave for the last couple of weeks of school and then that went into the school holidays and then um, I was granted being able to work from home for the first couple of weeks of term two. So in total I was home for seven weeks um, homeschooling or holidays. Um, I loved it actually. I actually loved being at home. Um, We live a really crazy busy life, which I also love, but it just came at a really nice time just to to catch a breath, um, to spend some time with the kids. My eldest is in year six and he's heading off to high school next year. So it was a really lovely opportunity just to sort of gauge where he is at. And that's me wearing my teacher's hat, Um, gauge where he is at and see where what sort of needs he has. My youngest was in kindergarten. So I also wanted to invest a bit of love in there, um, being a kindergarten teacher myself. And then my middle child, Taylor, she's year four. So, and she kind of is, um, independent and off she goes and loves the whole schooling things. Taylor would go to um, school on the weekends if you let her. So she's not the problem. Um, The other two I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with and see where they're at. And so that gave me a really lovely chance to do that. Um, Being home then though, I found I had uh, time and time that I'd been longing for but not knowing that I was longing for and so I had time to paint again I've always been crafty and always enjoyed um creative pursuits and painting is one of those things where it's a little bit hard because you've got so many bits and pieces and leaving it out to dry and those sorts of things all the time to do it um yeah can get away from you and being home with COVID, I found that I had the time to start creating and I did and shared some pieces that I made on my own personal social pages and a couple of friends just, it sparked their interest and they became curious and wanted to know whether I was selling them. And then before I knew it, I'd had my um, my business launched and I'd got a business name and I started an Instagram page and a Facebook page and started selling paintings online and it just kind of came as a bit of a blur, but it just sort of happened and found myself falling on my feet and running with it. And so in that sense, COVID was a bit of a blessing for me because, yeah, it gave me a bit of clarity of what I actually want in life. Mm. So was it hard to go back to your day job then? Um, it was tricky to go back to my day job. Um, things things are different 
at school at the moment, as you can imagine. We're getting a, getting back to being a bit more normal now as the year sort of progresses. But in the early days um, when I first went back to school, it was still homeschooling, so it was still working with a very small group of students at school and supporting students at home and then still supporting my own students. So, yeah, that was all very um, chaotic in its own sense. We gradually found a new normal, but things were different. Um, but as I started doing that, I had this longing to want to be at home and keep painting. Um, I think the therapy of painting for me is something that I didn't realise I actually needed in my life. Um, and so definitely going back to school and getting back into that grind of things, I found myself absolutely um, yearning to be at home <laughs> with the paintbrush in hand. And also because I guess I'd started feeling some some success that that sort of um, I really wanted to to dive into that a bit deeper. I found wanting to do something for myself and and investing time and energy there for something for me and for my family actually. Being at school meant that I really had to shift my thinking and shift um, how I tackled life um, and where I wanted to put my energy into. Um, but, yeah, when, with my children at home, they they really could start seeing a shift in me as a person and they became really um, interested in my painting journey and the changes that it had come about and the reasons why. And um, I guess I had a bit of an epiphany during that time of the impact that I was having on my children I'm very motivated and very um, headstrong and go things 100 miles an hour, but I just found that I wasn't heading in the right direction. Um, That was bringing peace to all of our lives and, yeah, starting painting again kind of made me go, hey, like this is is a big deal. Um, I need to reinvest my energy in places where it's valuable for all of us. Yeah. Um, It's amazing just when you do pick up, how much they're watching absolutely and how much they're taking in of your energy Mm. and how you react to things and um yeah it's interesting I think like as a teacher I think we're very conscious of um children feeding off our energy in the classroom Mm. um and um just listening back to Lil Daly's um, podcast the other day, she was talking very much about that we bring kids' energy up and bring it down as we need to and we can lift a room or we can calm a room and um, we're very conscious of that in the classroom and I think when we get home our families often get the tired version of us and the cranky mm-hmm. version of us. Yeah. Um, and that has an impact as well and, yeah, I guess having time to sit and see that makes me think, oh, golly, I'm wasting all of this beautiful time. We really don't have them at home for that long and I need to be, yeah, investing in the right space. Yeah, so, Kate, have you gone back full-time then to teaching? Like how are you juggling um, painting and, um, yeah, I suppose your day job? So for the rest of Term 2 I did um, work full-time Um, in the early stages of me working out where I was heading with um, the paint shed and what I wanted to do. And by the end of term two, I had made the decision that it was time to pull back. So um, from term three onwards, I have dropped down to working part-time three days a week. And so I spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the classroom with my beautiful little kinders. And then I'm home on a Thursday, Friday, 
painting or doing things that allow me to then paint more freely in my spare time. So things like catching up on life at home, um, meeting with amazing people that I've lost connections with or building new relationships with new businesses, like having time to do that without the chaos of the rest of life. Yeah, Thursdays and Fridays I really long for. In fact, this last school holidays I couldn't wait to go back to work so that then the kids were back at school on Thursday, Friday so I could actually spend time doing me things. Yeah, a weekend's not enough, is it? No. Like it takes a whole day to just wind down and then Sunday you're sort of getting that anxiety of having to go back to work on a Monday. So Absolutely, and um, you'll you'll feel that too now that your kids are back at school. Um, you'll feel that too, that your week will go back into that grind of weekend, weekday. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it does. Um, you know, my youngest is uh, at kinder, you know, and that's only two days a week. It's a juggle. It's, you know, it's setting juggle. her up with food and TV. And, I mean, I'm recording a podcast. Who knows what's happening in the kitchen at the moment <laughs> and what food will be left. Oh, I know. Um, but you do what you have to do, don't you? And, Absolutely. Uh, they Absolutely. Learn. Yeah, I guess one of the biggest struggles I've found with it is that I'm really passionate about the teaching but I'm also equally passionate about the painting and it's trying to yeah. find that balance of where to put the energy and where I, where I um, see my future headed and how I want to invest my future time. Um, mm. I've always been someone that's been passionate about learning new things and I think at the moment learning so many new things, owning a business and um, promoting myself and all the social media and the website things and the building connections. I want to invest so much time in that, but I also have a professional responsibility as well. So, um, yeah, it's trying to find that nice happy balance and staying sane at the same time and not finding myself loading my plate even more than what it was before. Yeah. Now, as you just said, there are so many elements of business that you need mm. to to pick up. So um, yeah, building your website. Uh, but as you said, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, I think we all have a love-hate relationship with it <laughs> yes. at the best of times, yes. to be honest. Uh, but we do need it. It is a great avenue to, you know, for business exposure. So tell me about Instagram um, specifically. I suppose Facebook's just one of those things that I don't know what it's it's doing over there at the minute. It's there, isn't it? It, 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 You need it. I don't know if I'd invest so much time in it. I'd definitely use it for retargeting ads, Mm. uh, but that's probably about it. Um, Yeah, yeah, but Instagram, I mean, gosh, all these new features that they just keep throwing at us. Uh, Tell me. How did you start your Instagram journey uh, for your business? When I first started, I was probably pretty green um, with Instagram. I was very familiar with Facebook and um, how to how the ins and outs of Facebook worked. And I had my own personal Instagram account, but really all I used it for was stalking, um, stalking is not the right word, but following <laughs> um, other teacher accounts. Um, and so my Insta world at the time before I started painting was all following different um, teachers who had their own business accounts and were promoting their products and their ideas in the classroom. So it was more, mainly just for me, I guess, window shopping. And then so to start my own page on Instagram was a bit of a whirlwind. And so I started slow and it was also kind of a nice safe spot because I didn't have a following um, of my friends and families at the time. I could kind of just creep slowly to start with and it felt a little bit safer, um, if that makes sense, until I felt like I was in a space where I was ready to share with the world um, more closely about what I was doing um, 
yeah, that allowed me that safe space to be able to do that. So to start with, I just created a page and then started my research actually. Um, I dive into things pretty quickly um, and I'm happy to have a go at things and then make up my mind along the way how I want things to go. But I was very conscious that and also very, I guess, wanting to make this work, that I wanted to do it right from the start. So I invested time actually and I found um, your Ignite Instagram um, program quite quickly and I don't even know how you came across my my feed, to be honest. I don't even know how that happened. I found myself there and then I was like, oh, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know. But you um, you stopped my scroll and um, I found myself, it, it spoke to me at the time, I think, and um, I thought, right, I can do this. Let's just do this and we'll have a go. And I guess that opened the door to me going, this is, this is really cool. The steps that I learnt um, through the program, I was like, this is this is manageable. I can do this. And um, yeah, it just gave me a framework of, of getting started and investing some time. It helped me understand all this hashtag business and how that all works yeah, and yeah. Um, timing and scheduling. And um, I was already a fan of Canva beforehand. Um, I use that with my my um, husband's business, and I also use it for school a little bit too, promoting promoting things at school. Um, and so that was wasn't new, but yeah, just finding a few little apps to make life easy and go, hey, this this is something that I can do and look professional and and really look like I know what I'm doing quite easily. Yeah. Um, and it's just the basics, isn't it, Kate? Like, as you said, it was just knowing your hashtags, um, some scheduling apps to help you out, what time's best to do it, um, you know, tagging an image to to show it to more people instead of things like sales funnels and, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I just I think for me I want it to be really, um, as you said, manageable mm. for any type of business owner with, you know, zero experience to come in and, and pick it up yeah. and at least have a chance, you know, to stop someone in their scroll. And Absolutely. and that's exactly what you do for me now. Mm. You show up. Like mm. your face is in my feed all the time. I know that you're experimenting with reels, yes. um, which is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I think the best thing about it is that you're authentically you. That's so exactly what I was about to say. Person. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't met in person. Yeah. We haven't met in person. No. I, I really do feel that you and I, you're exactly who you are if I was to meet you yep. in person. Yep, absolutely. And I think there's no Kate V2. No, <laughs> um, there's, there's not. This is this is me. And I think that this that was a big part of me starting too is that um, I wanted to tell the story of me and this allowed me to do that without any preconceived ideas. I could just start from scratch and this is me and go into this business of if you like me, if you like what I do, great. If you don't, that's okay. Um, I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's all right. There's, there's there's all sorts of different businesses out there and different people and personalities that speak to us and this journey is about me and being me and I will take anyone along the ride with me who wants to come and I'm loving being able to do that. Um but, yeah, being authentic was the big thing and I think that's what, something that I wanted to learn through Instagram is being able to how to show up authentically. Um, you mentioned before being able to tag other businesses and I didn't want to come across as not knowing what I was doing or or trying yeah. to back, piggyback yep. on the back of somebody else's success. I wanted to be able to do it well. That is such an important point. I don't know how many people, of course, 
I invite people to tag me in their posts. So tag Oak Magazine to, you know, grab our attention, but it's the ones that abuse it. Um, it's the ones that tag us in something that has absolutely nothing to do. Like there's no synergies between our businesses. So, um, I actually find it happens a lot in Bendigo, to be honest, real estate companies, um, and they'll be really male dominated. And it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not piggybacking off my audience here. Um, we don't have a relationship. You can tell people who do that really well, who do a who do a good job of being authentic and and make those connections, and that there's um, value being added from both sides, and it's not just yeah, someone climbing on somebody else's coattails. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to know that Instagram is savage. Absolutely. <laughs> Some days, um, like how do you deal with that? So how do you deal with the the self doubt and you know looking for that? I suppose that constant cycle of validation. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest um, struggles. I think that a lot a lot of us find, and certainly something that I'm very conscious of with my own children, is the whole social media world. And people want to portray a certain vision vision of themselves out there in the world. And so, and I guess as business owners, we also want to do that because we're promoting ourselves and we're promoting our business, and we. Um, you know, we, we want people to see all the great things um, and people don't want to see all of the bad things all the time or all the negative things. But I guess what I'm conscious of with my business is that um, I also want to project that I am human um, and that I do have struggles and um, and that's okay. But I'm very conscious of the way that I do that and the place that I do that. So I guess for Instagram, I find um, in my grid, I'm conscious of um, painting the picture that I need to paint it and in the in my stories when I show up as me and have a bit of a chat that's where I'm a little bit more raw and a bit more just me and and a little bit left of the business and it's about me the person um, and not just the business um, and I find the more that I do that and show up and just relax into that and being me I allow the self-doubt to kind of wash away a little bit um, because I am just being me, it's definitely there. And I have times um, when when I go, oh, what's going on? And why why is that not working? And, oh, they look like they're doing this. And, you know, especially when you're following like-minded businesses or businesses in the same kind of realm of what you're doing and you think, I want to be able to be doing that and how are they doing that? And, um, yeah, it's just being patient, I think, with yourself and being gentle and going slowly um, it's about knowing where I want to go. Um, and so I think by having goals and having a plan to be able to move forward, when I sit well in that, I find the success comes. It's when I sort of a- approach um, m- the marketing side of my business a little bit more slap hazardly that I find the success doesn't come from that. So, yeah, so definitely I've started um, managing my months different. So I go into each month with a, um, a focus. Um, so my, my focus at the moment for the month is um, promoting commissioned work. Commissions are a big thing at the moment for me. They're rolling in. Um, I've had some success with commissions, so I'm promoting that at the moment in a very gentle way so I don't feel like I'm selling all of the time. And that allows me to just be focused on what I'm doing um, and while other things pop up in my feed and I think, oh, I should be doing that, I should be doing that, and then I have to step back sometimes. I go, no, that's that's not where my energy is this month. That's not what my goal is. And that just helps me stay a little bit more grounded. And it allows me to sort of map my um, 
mapped my progress a bit better too because I can I've gone in with a plan and I've plotted out my feed and my stories in a way that I want the story to be told and I can yeah step back and and look at my insights or look at my um my progress and go yeah that that was working that's not working that is such a fabulous approach uh, to marketing. And I think it's something that I share in the course with the calendars is, you know, just break it down to the month, um, have a focus and yeah, just stick to that. It makes life so much easier. It and it's interesting that you say that your focus is commissions this month, because I was just about to say, like, I've really seen, um, you know, you've branched out into this, I suppose, this area of business where it's not just painting on canvas, but it's mm, going into shops. Absolutely. Um, you know, and painting these amazing murals, like, wow. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I think when you start putting yourself out there and, you, and, and when you do start believing in yourself, other people feed off that and they see that. So, yeah, I've had two local businesses over the last couple of months, um, yeah, approach me to paint murals within their business. So, yeah, I've just been the last couple of weeks finishing a business mural at Zali Girl. It's a beautiful little boutique for little girls and she's got two little party rooms um, that, yeah, the girls go in there and doll themselves up and spend some time and it's just such a fun space um, and the murals just change that space so much. Um, and it's certainly nothing that I didn't actually plan to go that way um, but, yeah, making connections with business people and they see you and see how I can add value to their business and, I guess, being open to opportunity. And so um, they asked the question and I said yes and, yeah, and it's just working and it's fun and I love it. I love it. It's awesome. I just I can't believe how much your business has taken off. So in terms of, of artwork, do you think people understand the value, so the price. So what goes into that piece, um, you know, versus that price tag? Um, that's a really great question. I think um, that first starts from valuing what you do yourself. Um, pricing is a really hard thing um, and it's something that takes time and something you've got to grow with, I think. Um, I've, I'm at a space now where I've um, got enough runs on the board that I feel very comfortable with my pricing and how I price my work based off my time and the size and the scale of what I do. And um, that's come through experimenting, um, feed, getting feedback um, from things that are, um, are selling and not selling um, and just through customer feedback. But for me now, I'm at a space where I know the amount of time it takes for me to produce a piece of work. Um, I value the skill set that I have and um, I know that it's a new, unique quality that I do have that I can create, that I, I, I'm very conscious about not undervaluing that just because it's easy for me for what I do. Um, and so I guess for me then projecting that onto my collectors is that they see the belief that I have in myself. Um, I'm very aware that my price points are not for everybody and that's okay. Um, sometimes you can be surprised. Sometimes you can go into a commissioned piece, in fact, and you know somebody wants a certain piece and it's that awkward time when you, you put your price out there and yeah, that's that wait time in your, in your messages going, oh, are they going to take this up or are they going to knock it back? And I'm getting better at um, being okay with that because it's not that they – necessarily not value what I do they just may not be able to afford what I do and that's okay too and I guess it comes back to if people don't value what I do and they don't like it that's okay they don't 
have to buy it. Yeah. It, as you said, pricing is so hard. And um, even in my first business, I would like offer them a discount. So they'd ask how much the service is. So obviously they're committed, they're interested. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's this much, but I can do it for this. So already I'm offering a discount. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from. And I suppose it does tie back into that, um, you know, valuing your work. Mm. And to be honest, if there's anyone out there listening and that's what you're doing, um, undo it stop doing it mm. and, you know, put that price in because somewhere down the track you are going to either burn yourself out from working too hard for little money Absolutely. and people are going to expect that discounted rate as well. And then you start to get bitter and you think, well, mm. you know, you only paid this much and look what I've done, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, it's just a – I think it's a really big um, learning curve actually of business and probably uh, – Thankfully, I've had that in that first business that I can learn it in the second and, and not make those same mistakes. Yeah, I guess I'm quite fortunate with that too, with, with my husband being in business too, is that he's got he's all about the, the bottom bottom line. He knows his yeah. numbers. He knows how much it costs to run and have his doors open every day with paying wages and rent and um, cost of materials. And he is a big stickler for... I need this minimum margin for thing to be things to be profitable. Um, that I've always got that story going in my head. Um, some days my eyes roll, but <laughs> because as a creative, money's not the great thing. But I'm getting I'm getting better at being able to use that same process um, because at the end of the day, if if, if this is going to be a profitable um, thing for me, that's going to allow me to start keep stepping away from teaching and still bring in the money so that we can live the comfortable way that we do, I need to make money. Um, so it is you the do. business. It is the business. It's more than just um, the the creating. It's about knowing your money and, and understanding your financials and being able to do that well. It's being about marketing yourself, knowing who it is that your audience is that you're wanting to market to um, and being okay with not marketing to people that you might like to market to um there's always going to be extra people but yeah refining who your audience is is and doing that well um and then sharing what you do with a passion um in like we were saying before in an authentic way and i think getting all of that balance right um it does make things easier it does now you're a member of the Ignite Your Instagram online training yes. course, so the one that we run through Oak. Mm -hmm. uh, you've also supported Issue 8 in terms Yay. of advertising. Yes. And can I just say, I, like I truly appreciate your support of my small business. So can you tell me a little bit more about the importance of connecting with like-minded people? Absolutely. I think um, I found my whole life, I guess, searching for people that, that light me up. Um, I am a motivated person and I look for people who have that same spark and I'm interested in people's stories and, and wanting to know more about what fires them up. And, um, yeah, so I guess this business and going solo at the moment, one of the biggest things I'm loving is connecting with other small businesses and people who are on a similar mission, um, you know, some supporting local and supporting small business and female entrepreneurs. Um, it's such a, it's probably a bit of a buzz thing at the moment, but it's just there's so much value behind it. I think as women, having having a voice and and I'm loving being able to connect with other women that share those same value systems. So I guess for me, um, 
how I go about searching that social media allows us to be able to do that so easily these days. I can't imagine what it would have been like before social media days. Um, I guess the connections wouldn't have been there. It would have been a lot more local and a lot more hard work. But yeah, social media allows us, like we said before, you and I have never met face to face, but I feel like I know you so well. And that's all social media that's allowed me to do that. So I guess I'm always on the prowl for um, Facebook and Instagram pages that really light me up and that speak my language. And I jump on board and follow for a while and I interact and engage with them. And if I get something back, I know that I'm in the right place. And I know that I'm in the right space when I feel like um, they're adding value to me as a person and then more to what I am doing um, in, a, that, in a way that's not forced. Um, and then I think adding to that then but w- alongside being authentic yourself is also then just being very generous in your time and generous in your support. Um, it doesn't cost anything on social media to be able to promote somebody and to build another business up and to share all the amazing things that other people are doing. And it doesn't take away from what you're doing. In fact, it probably actually contributes to your energy. Um, yeah, I I love being able to connect with people like that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else I want to say about it, but it just gives me a really oh, good feeling. I'm just nodding here, Kate, going, yeah. yes, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Mm. Um, and wouldn't it be amazing if everyone who owns a business, who has an Instagram oh, yes. account, could profile another business once a week. Absolutely. You know, if you're posting seven times a week, can you not dedicate one of those to another business? Um, Absolutely. Well, you'll be pleased to know that that's actually my month focus for next week is supporting local. <gasps> oh, mm. oh wow. I've got this. Um, I've got an incredible, incredible giveaway that's um, um, launching in November and it's a whole bunch of local businesses that are donating and yeah that's my where my energy is for November is just to promote and support local and small business because yeah especially during these COVID times everyone needs that bit of extra love and yeah it doesn't cost anything to to support somebody a like a comment a share it doesn't cost anything anything. absolutely um and it doesn't it doesn't it goes a long way it goes a long way oh it does yeah um I have to do a little shout out. Her name is Bron and she's from Barefoot Events in Gamay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Bron did something similar oh, a couple of weeks now. Uh, just promoted all yeah. these um, amazing small businesses around that region. And oh, gosh, I found so many little gems, yeah, you, you know, would. and they're, I think that's the other thing that you find these other businesses that that you can support. Sometimes Absolutely. you don't know them because you don't see them. So for someone else to give their platform over and say, hey, you know, check out this one. Amazing. Absolutely. And so. I think that's the beautiful of the product that you produce as well with the magazine is that it's just exactly that. It's um, it's highlighting people that are doing amazing things and um, they don't have to be big, enormous, multi-million dollar corporations. No. It's all the small Absolutely things that not. add up that, um, yeah, that are the beauty of remote and rural yeah it's lovely I still come back to that first edition showing a guy and he looked at it and he goes 
oh, wow, like are you worried that you're going to run out of stories? Mm, no. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be pleased to know that the phrase of Oak Magazine is something that even my kids now parrot around the house. Oak Magazine, my six-year-old the other day. Oak magazine. I don't even. He doesn't even know what it is, but it's just something that he that he talks about because the stories in it. You can. I think you can connect to so many of the stories at so many different levels, and um, yeah, it just makes you feel like you're part of a community. Exactly. Yes, I'm actually um, speaking uh, at an online event in a couple of weeks about that. Actual. Well, that's what I brought up was community. I wanted mm. to speak about community and the fact that I actually haven't brought out an issue of Oak this year but have still been able to um, foster and nurture a community, have still seen my Instagram account grow, um, you know, just through other ways. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I suppose just because I do have people that are so supportive of of what we all do and that's just. Yeah, you're passionate about it too and people feed off that energy. (laughs) Yeah, people feed off that and it's nice. It's nice to have have that inspiration um, and yeah, to feed off the energy. And uh, um, Pip Brett from Jumbled, she's a good one for it too. You just, the minute her face is on that feed, it just, you can't, you can't not watch. You can't I know, not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before on podcast episodes, but my gosh, Orange and Wagga Wagga mm-hmm. are the two places that I am desperate to visit. Um, but back to you, what is next from the paint shed? Okay, so next from the paint shed is just to um, to get a momentum going for myself personally. It's I'm still working out the ins and outs of life, um, but a big part of that for me is I'm about to start building my paint studio. So um, it's sitting with the architect at the moment, ready to go to council. Um, so I'm really lucky. I live on one and a half acres just on the very edge of Wagga. It's, it's still in Wagga, but it kind of feels like we're out a little bit because we're on acre blocks and um, I overlook over the hills. We're up on the hill and so I've got this beautiful, beautiful space where I can build. I'm going for that barn style big windows because my husband makes windows, Um, big windows (laughs) to overlook the view and to create a space that not only that I feel inspired to paint in, that I can feel like I can still, I sense, go to work, go to a location that's not just painting in my laundry, which is where I'm currently (laughs) painting. Um, It's about taking it seriously, having a space that I take seriously. Um, So, yeah, creating a paint shed um, or art studio but along with that is that we also plan to attach accommodation to it as well so um, when I start running workshops and events there's places if people want to travel so when you need to come and have some painting lessons Kimberly yeah there's somewhere for you to stay so in that paint shed it's going to have like a little accommodation like a little b&b kind of concept to it um, oh, so that's brilliant. that's what my next 12 to 18 month focus will be. So all of my um, profit that I'm making from my paintings at the moment is being pumped into a bill. That sounds amazing. Um, well, it all sounds like it's going onwards and upwards uh, from the paint shed. So finally, to wrap us up, can you tell me about a friend of yours that we all need to know about? Absolutely. So this is, um, again, a relationship that I formed starting on Instagram, and I've only met this beautiful woman once. Her name is Beck Nichols from Fig and Co in Gundagai. Um, we've been chatting back and forth for the, a little while and um, on our drive home from Canberra just the other week, I stopped in. She's just opened up this beautiful homeware shop in, um, in the main street of Gundagai 
and it's in this incredible building with these beautiful stained glass windows and it's got the most magical feel when you go in there. It just screams local small business. She's got the most beautiful little products from all over the place and that's a big part of her um, her business mission, I guess, is to support small business and Australian made um, and people who have a bit of a side hustle um, and you go in there and it's just the most beautiful little shop and um, you can now purchase my paintings from there as well and yeah Fig and Co it's beautiful it's beautiful and I can just you know when you come across someone's feed and you just know that this person's got a big future that they um you know that they've got it right their formula's right something's right about it and I definitely get that feeling with Fig and Co so that's somewhere where you need to visit or at least go and hang out on her feed. Well, I think I already follow it. And yeah, you do. Because of you. you. Yeah, like simply through yourself. I think you um, had mentioned her uh, in one of your stories. You might have purchased something. I clicked through on the tag on the story yeah. and found yeah. her and, yeah, did a follow and, yep, add that to the list of um, accounts that I need to engage with and keep an eye on. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Oh, you love her. You love her. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now I am so grateful for your Insta friendship and your support of the magazine of Oak and uh, really excited to watch your business grow. So thank you for sharing your story with us. I cannot wait for the opportunity to travel and visit Wagga Wagga. Till then I'll, um, yeah, no doubt we'll connect online on some events somewhere down the track. I am sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kimberly. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>